We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Thursday edition of the Pack of Day podcast. The dream team is back together again. We have been having some technical difficulties between my computer, Dusty hitting his microphone, <laughs> and a little bit of everything. But it's uh, it's going to be a fun one, guys. We are all back together. There will be some arguing. There will be some mm. reminiscing of old mm. Packers players. It's going to be good. We got Dusty. We got Sarah. We got Steve. Everybody's here. Um, I, first off, I do want to say, since it is now technically Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday for us recording, but Dusty, happy Father's Day to you. You as well. Thank you, Steve. Sarah, did you have it? Did you guys have a good Father's Day as well? Yeah, I was home. So it was nice to celebrate with my dad. We watched the soccer game because that was on that day. So it was Mm. fun. All right, Dusty, we have not uh, heard your personal opinion. Were you a big fan of the women's soccer team scoring 13 goals? God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Good. My and gosh, like, we all agreed on something. Yeah, no, I was listening to you guys, and, and I wanted to weigh in on that. Um, you know, I don't want to get, we're not getting too deep into it now, of course, but we've talked about bat flips on the show before, Steve. We are pro bat flip. Um, oh, absolutely. The uh, I, I was a big fan of all the celebrations. Uh, I was a big fan of the stunt on them, and I was a huge, huge fan of the next game. Um, Carly Lloyd doing the uh, polite golf clap. Uh, yes, just a- I love absolutely it. floored me. Like just a huge, huge fan, huge, huge. And I'm with you, Sarah. I've been on, uh, I play church league softball, uh, and we used to be terrible. And so I've been on the side where like, 
I've been on the side where teams don't let up and just murder you, just mercilessly kill you. And then I've also been like where they go station to station because they don't want to beat you too bad. And that's worse. Exactly. Watching Mm -hmm. a team let up on you is worse than them just going full throttle. Uh, So, yeah, man, I I don't hold back. Just score 13, score 20 goals. I don't care. Just just don't like don't hold back, please. Pumped for the game against Sweden. Mm -hmm. It's a big one for the group. I hope there's lots of goals and celebrations since the rivalry is so intense. Mm-hmm. Somebody marked this down, and I think this is the first time we've ever all agreed on the same thing. No, it's not. Which is no. It's not. Okay. Why you got to take this from me, Dusty? <laughs> oh, it's, I mean, what we're like three minutes in, and you're already okay. I missed That's a week. Cool. I um, like how he immediately disagrees with you. He's like, we clear. finally agreed about something. No, we didn't. I don't <laughs> want. I don't want Steve to have his moment. I no. I I fully expect that from you. That's exactly what. <laughs> I wouldn't want you to change yourself for me, so that's exactly what I expect from you. Did you get anything cool for Father's Day? Uh, I got the house to myself. Um, I got Ooh. to play, I played Spider Man on PS4 for roughly five hours, which was dope. <laughs> and then um, I got a handmade card that says "Daddy." We just wanted to say I got it in front of me. Um, high five to the best daddy ever, and it's got my son's little handprints uh, that spring out. Uh, yeah, it's adorable. And my daughter painted a little something underneath. So that's that is what I got. Um, I. I honestly, I don't, I don't care too much a lot about um, a lot of most holidays. Um, so Father's Day is cool. Uh, I like that I got the house to myself, but I don't, I don't. It doesn't move the needle for me one way or the other. Um, but getting a card and uh, getting to play some video games is awesome. So big, big fan. What about you? Um, I do have to do a very, very humble brag, and my wife gives me the best present of all time. I think for Father's Day because. You know, we've got two kids at home, mm-hmm. and I am given a night at a hotel by myself. Ooh. So I am allowed to, you know, go out and get some dinner. Like, every time I'll go out and find a place to go get wings, I can bring my PS4 with me so I can hook it up to the TV. And then I can have a couple of beers, play some games, and have an entire night to myself. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So uh, very, very, she doesn't listen to the podcast, but she may be overhearing me through the door right now. So, <laughs> you know, uh, giving that to her as well. And then she also got me a bottle of uh, rye whiskey, which has been pretty outstanding. Nice. So overall, very, very talented. That's amazing. Uh, the, That's amazing. The, wife deli- the wife delivered very well on Father's Day. All right. I think we're all officially caught up. Mm-hmm. Let's jump into some Packers news. There's not a lot going on right now, so we're going to create some content for everybody and have some fun with it. But we did want to talk about how the Packers did claim tight end Michael Roberts from Detroit, if I believe is correctly, because his failed physical from the trade to the Patriots did not go through. So then he was going to be released and then was claimed by the Packers and now has failed his physical with the Packers. So... Let's jump right in because I just kind of want to get your immediate reactions. Uh, I've got com- I've got comments. I'll save them till the end. But Sarah, what are you thinking about them grabbing yet another tight end off waivers? It concerns me a little bit because obviously there's a lot of uncertainty with the tight end group right now. I think that they are bringing in guys, testing it out, seeing how it's going. This move was a little unusual to me, especially because he just failed the physical like a week ago, and then Mm -hmm. they brought him in to do a physical just days later and failed it again. But I just think that 
the timing of that is really weird. Why do the physical when you know he just failed one? It was almost like they didn't even give him a chance to improve or get better. I don't, we don't know what the issue was, but it just seems a little weird. I feel like they might pick up, like, what are they going to do now? They claimed him in waivers. Then he didn't pass the physical. So now he's not there anymore. So who are they going to bring someone else in? Are they just like, whatever, we're sticking with what we've got now and going to work with it. It just, this is really weird. And we've talked about the tight end group for a few weeks in a row. Now it's come up. There's been a lot of just like question marks and uncertainty. And I really don't know where it's going and what they're trying to do with it. I think it's a little concerning, but hopefully we can figure it out. Yeah, and I think I mean, you know, we've we've talked about the tight end. I feel like I feel like every week for the past two months the tight end group has come up. Um and it is odd. I mean, if you look at that group, um this and this is the strangest thing about it to me that I feel like we brought up before, but hey, let's talk about it again. Um you know, they've got Jimmy Graham, uh, who I, I assume, you know, it's a three year deal, but they have an out after this year. If they were gonna drop him, they were gonna drop him before uh what was it like March first or whatever, uh when they owed him the nine million. The fact that they decided to carry him through there, now it could be just they wanna see they wanna see what shakes, they wanna see how he does, and they can still drop him in there out that nine million, but whatever. But I have to assume since they picked that up, he's on the team this year. Um they signed Mercedes Lewis, who has a history with uh Hackett, which uh that's just a one year deal. That tells me that Lewis is going to be there this year as well. They could drop him without, you know, without a whole lot of stuff, but I don't see them signing a one-year guy that has a history with the offensive coordinator just to drop him. Um, and the fourth guy is, uh, you know, Sternberger, who they just signed the third-round pick, which leaves Tanyan. Um, and, and, I mean, on top of that, so they're not they're not going to carry five tight ends. They're just not going to carry five tight ends, which kind of leaves, so then you got two different things. They got, is Tanyan not progressing like they thought? Um, and, and they're looking to kind of upgrade that position, which I hope is not the case. I think he shows a lot of promise and he's going into his second year. Uh, and the other thing is just, man, this could just be camp body, uh, trying out a guy for depth thing. Not, you know, maybe some, someone trying to sneak out of the practice squad or just, you know, someone does either to push him or maybe you get someone that, that, you know, pushes Tanyan and maybe outperforms and you think, okay, this is the guy we're going to sign him, but it could just be kind of a scouting we're going to get this guy he's going to be in camp we have he's not going to make the 53 but now we've got another name that we can call if we need to or maybe we can sneak him on practice mm-hmm. squad it, it is odd that so much is going into the tight end position when it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of flexibility there uh like to me there's three other four names are set and even the fourth name like i think is kind of set too so it's i i honestly don't know what to make of it um i mean roberts is a guy who has showed promise um you know you know, in college. Uh, so like, I get it. Like maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe you catch that spark there. Um, it is, it is odd that they're looking so much at the tight end position, but it's, it's, I just have zero idea what to make of it. I think just camp body is just my initial reaction. So I just, I want to check with you, Dusty, because you have been focusing on LaFleur's offense mm. pretty much all off season. Correct. Correct. Yeah. He loves tight ends. Correct. That is where my head goes immediately is he wants as many playmakers. He wants as many people, like you said, camp bodies, but he still wants people there. And he caught, I think he only caught nine balls last year, but he also, he caught three of them for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean the touchdown thing, I've seen that bandied about, but uh, touchdowns are super hard to predict year to year. Super. I remember, I don't, listen, this is a very, very long time ago. Um, Mercedes Lewis once caught 10 touchdowns in a year on like very little things. And it was, Oh, he's a touchdown machine. No, it was a fluke year. 
So it's it, it, to me like the catches and honestly his catch rate for a tight end, his catch rate over two years, kind of super small sample size, forty eight percent. That's ridiculously terrible for a tight end. And I and I've not watched <laughs> enough Roberts to know if that's off target stuff. Um, it's Stafford Tanya so, at like one fifty yeah, or something. Uh, Tanyan's at sixty six, but oh, he okay. only has like he had six targets. Six targets in one year, and Roberts had 27 targets, but only caught 13 of those. So, I mean, the thing you miss with with catch rate is uh, how many of those were maybe throwaways where he was targeted. What are those? What are the drops? I don't have the drop and, rates on and him. Matthew so. Stafford's throwing you ball instead of yeah. Stafford would just like how many of those was he trying but to target? Stafford me through 10 feet over here, his head. So. Yeah, that's a good point, Sarah. That's a really good point. So it's tough. Right. It's tough to know. It could just be yeah. I mean, he does like tight ends, but listen, man, he's not he's not carrying five tight ends. No matter how much he loves him, he's not carrying five tight ends. We shall see. We shall, we shall see. We shall see. I'm a, I'm a little torn right now. I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter, but there are some breaking Bucks news, and I don't know how we handle that. Is that something I can just kind of throw out there? Just, like We don't need reactions, but I do want to talk about it. it. Do it, brother. What's happening? Um, the, the Bucks are trading Tony Snell and the 30th pick uh, to the Pistons for John Luer. And if you remember him, he was, huh. I believe, he's a guy oh, from, uh, yeah, from Marquette. And so it'll be interesting to see if they keep him, if they just buy him out or whatever. But they're trying to, looks like they're trying to create a little cap space. So, yeah, just I know breaking, they've been, they've been breaking while we're recording. Yeah. Hmm. Breaking while we're recording. So I just kind of want to throw that out there anyway, because it's just something to talk about. Sure. So. Uh, since it is the middle of June and we have literally nothing to talk about, <laughs> I came up with a question because of the whole Brett Favre Instagram post of how he was coming back in 2020 to the NFL and then he was hacked, everything like that. So it kind of it started making me percolate in my mind, and I I propose a question to you guys, and I think it's it's just going to be a lot of fun because. You know, Dusty and I are in different eras of Packer players that we remember. And so my thought was, if you could bring a Packers player back to this team right now, you know, while they're in their prime, minus, you know, Reggie or Sterling Sharp or Brett Favre or, you know, the the all-time greats, like, you know, uh, Bart Starr or even Charles Woodson, like, you know, Dig a little bit deeper into some of the uh, the Packers players and people you guys would want to see playing with the Packers again. You know, I, I want to know who are those players because I've got a couple in my head, and I know Dusty's got a couple, mm-hmm. and Sarah's got a couple of people that are drafted like three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> see, this is what we do. we missed this. this be like when what I was hosting with Sarah, like we couldn't have these digs because we were just being nice to each other. But now yeah, got- and then if we were like, if we did dig at each other, it would have just been really awkward because like none of us, no one would have laughed. Like usually, if we make mm-hmm. fun of each other, like the other, the third person is like, oh yeah, and like kind of like plays it off. Exactly. But like you, you would have been silent and except just, Dusty, just, just mean them, so. to someone's face, just straight up mean to someone's face. Exactly. And there's the awkward pause for the listeners, <laughs> and they're just like, wow, nah. that's really mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so you guys let, let's get you started because i can actually hear my daughter knocking on the door so i need to text my <laughs> wife to come get her 
so I want you guys to start in. Uh, Dusty, I know you've got a couple of people you were thinking about, so why don't you go ahead? I do, yeah. So I'm going to go through my thought process here of a couple guys I was kind of looking at uh, before I settle on my main guy. So, you know, I, I was born in 80, um, so, I, you know, I came up. Uh, came up, you know, kind of started really paying attention, kind of late eighties, early nineties. And so, you know, my Packers were like when they just started getting good. So I remember, uh, I remember Mikowski, but really it's, you know, when, when Favre stepped up, that was, you know, really started, that was when it really kind of took off because they're on TV a little more. Um, and I was living in, uh, Kentucky at the time. So, uh, you don't get a lot of Packers games at that point in the mold and you didn't have direct TV. So, uh, with that in mind, I kind of was looking at guys from that era. And also we don't, we don't have, I want to say this. We didn't put, we didn't have constraints on to like, it had to be someone that would help a certain group. We didn't have constraints on that, those kinds of choices, but that's kind of where I was thinking as far as like, we're putting them, we're slotting them in here. I want someone who's going to help our team in, in a place that maybe we have a few question marks. So with that in mind, um, I kind of had, uh, I like the wide receiving core. I know Steve said no all-time great, so this breaks that rule. Um, so I did not pick him. This is where my mind went. I like our receiving core where it's at, but there are some question marks there. So I went way, way back and was like, well, what if we put Don Hudson on this team? Prime Don Hudson. Prime speedster Don Hudson. Uh, it's tough to judge across eras, but if you look at Hudson's numbers, uh, it's hard not to be impressed. Uh, and I have a Hudson jersey. so. But then I decided, nope, that's too tough to go that far back across that many arrows. So I gave you one rule, and your mm. first decision was to break that rule. Okay. Uh, cool. You didn't give me the rule until I thought about it. You didn't give a whole lot of rules, too. Dude, I'm so, I put in Reggie. I put in Brett. You I gave mean, two names. On, like, you gave two names. I'm so, anyway, I didn't pick him, Steve, so I'm not breaking your rule. Calm down. Calm <laughs> down. Um, I also – so I'm also looking, you know, other holes. Uh, I'm looking next year. After Bulaga is likely gone, you know, the offensive line, especially the tackle position. So I looked at, uh, you know, like Chad Clifton, like Chad Clifton would be nice. Okay. Uh, kind of bring him back okay. in. Uh, I, I was looking back at safeties. We don't now. This is a part where we don't we don't necessarily have a hole there now. I like the guys we have. So this is why I ultimately didn't go this direction. I was looking at Leroy Butler and even going back for going back, you know, not quite as far as Nick Collins, uh, just because those guys Ooh. are different. And if you would ask me this last year. My answer is Butler or Collins. Uh, but just based on and I'm not saying Savager and Amos are as good as those guys, clearly, because Butler, it's a travesty Leroy Butler is not in the Hall of Fame for like yeah, a myriad for of sure, reasons. For the sure. safety position is underrepresented. I get that. But Butler needs to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think Collins, if he had stayed playing, if he didn't get injured in 11, uh, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. He's like he was a spe- Both those guys are special. But I like the safety position where it's at. Uh, I, I kind of thought about going Travis Jervy, uh, just because <laughs> Travis Jervy was an absolute lunatic special teamer, uh, who one time just pulled off his braces just cause he didn't want them on anymore with a pair of pliers. Uh, that's, that's the kind of special teamer you want. Like just that's a bad dude. That's caution bad to the wind, dude. caution to the wind. Um, but ultimately, hey, well, said, you, no, you got to tell the other story too. Yeah. Oh yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he roomed with, uh, LaShawn Johnson who was a running back kick returner. And those guys, uh, bought a lion in Dallas for $900. And lived with that lion and named her Nala. So this is a special teamer who owned a lion, lived with a lion that he bought for $900 in Texas and ripped off his braces with a pair of pliers. That's the kind of special teamer I want. Everyone's like, oh, Jeff Junis was a great special teamer. Like Travis Jervy would legitimately (laughs) die for you. And he named his lion after and the Lion King. Named like, that's, his, that's or, or, Steve, did they name the Lion King after Travis Jervy's lion? I'm not going to look up the times to see how this worked, although I'm going to say probably the Lion King came first. But yeah, still, probably. but still, Steve, you can think about it. I'm not going to look these up. Ultimately, the guy settled on 
one of my all-time favorite Packers, career sh- cut short by injury, but in his prime, which was very, very short, was tremendous and fills uh, their question marks in our cornerback position. That is Craig Newsom. Oh, so cool. I adored Craig Newsom. And if you go back and watch, and I've gone back and watched like that 96 season so many times, Craig Newsom was just, just tremendous. Just a lockdown corner, could do a little bit of everything. His, uh, the way he, the way he read things, like his instincts and also his first step, uh, just everything about him. Like Newsom was just incredible. I loved Craig Newsom. Uh, one of my all-time favorite players as a kid. And I like the cornerback position where it's at, but there are so many question marks there. I mean, you got Jair, who missed some time last year. You got, you know, King, who clearly can't stay on the field. You got Jackson, who I like, but people have questions about. You've got, like, you've got this kind of group that, if everything gels, could be very, very good. And you put Newsom in there as a guy, like, a, a very close-to-lockdown guy in his prime on the outside. Uh, and that, I feel way better about that position. So I'm going, again, like a guy that I... A guy that I feel like a lot of people now don't really don't really pay attention to too much just because his career was so short. But when he was good, he was he was tremendous and a, and a game changer. So I'm gonna go. I'm going Craig Newsom. If I could pick a guy right now to stick on this squad, I think Craig Newsom changes that defense. I like it. Uh, I love all the you know the every everybody. Like it's just it's fun to relive some mm-hmm. of the old glory Packer days. And Sarah's gonna give us some of like the 2010 to 2012 uh, Packers that she loved. But it's it's a lot of fun. like for us older guys. It's a little. It's so much fun to be able to go kind of look back. And I've got a couple of guys I want to to hint on as well. But Sarah, like, hit us up with uh, some of your early like ten year old Packer dreams. Okay. Well, one of the first vivid moments I had where I was very excited about someone was back in the day when Eddie Lacy was drafted, and that was a big deal it filled a need that we needed then and he honestly was a baller in Mm -hmm. his prime he was exactly what the Packers needed rookie season he made pro bowl was second team all pro and despite like his size issues that then arose in seasons after he was also really good at short passes and getting Mm -hmm. a lot of yards off plays that didn't seem like they were really anything. And he was really exciting when I was younger and first starting to watch the team and understanding a little more about the sport in general. He was someone that was fun to watch. There was always times where you're like, oh, he's down, and then he would get five more yards. And that would – I mean, Aaron Jones is great, but he doesn't have that, like, bulldozer mm-hmm. ability that I think we saw in Eddie Lacy. So not necessarily – something that a player that would fill a need because I think we have the running back that we need right now, but just a player that would be fun to bring back in their prime on this team right now. That's someone who came to mind. Yeah. I feel like Lacey gets lost in the jokes because he got big and then he went to Seattle and he didn't do great because that line sucked. But man, you, I mean, you brought him up. We were talking about this before the show. You brought him up and yeah, I mean, his, like Lacey for those two or three years was, and it was really, it wasn't his weight. It was the ankle. Like he was incredible. Just so much mm-hmm. fun to watch and just so hard to bring down and so nimble, like just great feet. Big, big fan of that. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, he, he was great. It was, he did, he just lacked the explosive burst to finish off, you know, like he would break off a 30, 40, 50 yard run. And all of a sudden you could tell he's like gas and he's looking for somebody to tackle him. But he had like burst burst through the hole and enough speed to like no, do I, some damage in the yeah, open field. But he was very talented. I loved having him on the team. Like, yeah. but you could tell like when he got to the fifty yard mark, he was like, "Okay, somebody tackle me because I'm done." 
Yeah. Like, I'm done. He kept yeah. looking back, like, is somebody going to get me? Can I keep going? Like, oh, okay. 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 But he was like, he was a guy that could legit, like, he was a little threat to rip off a 20 to 30 yard run oh, anytime yeah. he touched the ball. And also a guy that you could, like, have bulldoze ahead from the one yard line without, exactly. having, without having a coon dive. Like, he was versatile enough. He oh, wasn't going to rip off an 80 yard run. But like right. he I could think, do I either of those nimble, things. The nimble aspect is the thing you said that that definitely he was a big dude, but he had spin move ability. He could make people miss. Like mm-hmm. he could get the ball, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god! Like he's he's gone. Yeah, like 15, yeah. 20, 30 yards. Like he had those. He had the ability to rip those off, and that's a that's something. You know, Aaron Jones has the ability. I don't think Jamal Williams has that ability. No. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely lacking a little bit. And I think that's a good pick. Yeah. I loved, uh, when I was growing up, there's a couple of defenders that I loved. And then I'm going to get into one guy offensively. I think could, could really make the, the Packers offense fly. But for, for me, the two guys that I used to love, especially when the Packers sucked <laughs> was Tim Harris mm. Chuck Cecil. Yes. And I know Chuck Cecil wasn't the best in the world, and I don't think adding him to the safety position would help anything right now. But, man, the guy that has, like, bloodied noses all the time and, like, <laughs> puts Band-Aids over them and then hits another dude so hard that it breaks open and keeps bleeding, like, that's a – oh, man. That was, that was like, my the, the childhood. I wanted to be Chuck Cecil. Like, I wanted to hit everybody as hard as humanly possible. Wow. Oh, yeah. Even when we were playing tag football, that's what we were doing. Do you ever talk to anyone about that? Do you ever have to just get those feelings out somewhere? So is this your first time sharing this? Steve, right or? now. He's doing that right now. Should we do that? something, Sarah? Do yeah. we need to, like, kind of talk him through some of this stuff? I'm somewhat realizing that maybe this isn't the right place to uh, talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine, Steve. I think it's fine. <laughs> no, so I, uh, Chuck Cecil, I always loved the you know the hard hitting safety, uh, even if you know not the best in coverage maybe, uh, but he he was he was always a harding safety. And then Tim Harris, you know, mm-hmm. outside linebacker, like the guy. Right now, you probably don't need him, but for me, if I'm bringing people back and you're not bringing back, uh, like all time greats, like that for me, that was one of the fun guys. Like I always remembered him because the Packers sucked, but he was one of the guys who actually could get to the quarterback a couple times and do those things. So those are the two guys that I really, really loved when I was a kid outside, you know, Reggie White, Brett Favre, all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would say if I'm going to bring somebody back, I'm kind of going a little bit more along the lines of Sarah. And I want to bring back Dorsey Levitz. Ooh, man, I, Dorsey. Yeah. I mean, he had the ability to run the ball. He had the ability to catch the ball. And I know Aaron Jones is great, but right now with LaFleur, the way that he's going with an offense, he wants multiple running backs. He wants guys that can catch the ball. He wants guys that can run the ball. Like I, I just think that that would be an amazing fit. Uh, you put him and you put him uh, with, you know, Williams, you put him with Aaron Jones, like, oh, all of a sudden, like you've got a just touted backfield. And that's, a, that's, that's all it does is help Aaron Rodgers throw the ball. Yeah, and I've talked about this before, but when I look at offense, I look at it through the lens of um, what you can do when you go no huddle with the package you have out there. If you if you have the ability to, how, how many different things you could do, how many different things uh, the defense has to account for, because the more they have to account for, uh, the more you can kind of catch them out of position or, or, or play the mismatches. And like <laughs> Aaron Jones and Dorsey Levens, you could legit just run the ball or you could just spread it five wide uh, with both of those guys, because both those guys are legit like running and receiving threats. 
lethal combo. That'd be incredible. Holy crap. Did Dusty give me another compliment? I think that's like a Dusty I compliment. I missed wow. a week. I missed a week. I'm oh, sorry, guys. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying, trying to get better. Okay. I like so, all right, we've covered uh, fictional old Packers coming in. Now we need to tackle, like, the serious issues right now mm. because the team – uh, last week we talked about team building because right before we recorded this, <laughs> it was we found out that they were doing team building. And Sarah's only request is that they not do paintball. That was tremendous. That was tremendous. What by did the way. they do? They went and played paintball. You know, as soon as it came out of my mouth in the back of my mind, I was like, they're going to go paintballing. And I just, when I went on Twitter and I saw that, I was just not even surprised. I just shook my head and I was like, they really did do it. Like, I just can't believe it. I mean, it looked cool, whatever, but it's so basic. Like, I could have guessed that. I did guess that. I was like, they could not... Go paintballing. It's what everyone does. I was a big fan of your idea of karaoke. So like 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 full fledged, like dressed to the nines karaoke. Big yeah, fan of that idea. See. Okay, but she wasn't suggesting karaoke. She was suggesting lip sync battle. Either way. Same either thing. way. That's not the same thing. I go to bat karaoke for either one. Either it's one. like the same premise. I think I'd go karaoke over lip sync, but either one, if they get all dressed up, I'd be down for. But, I mean, Rogers and Flannel look, look kind of nice. Okay, so, so we have now officially entered. Who shot Aaron Rodgers? Mm. Because there are pictures circulating with Aaron Rodgers on his mask, and he has a big-ass yellow paintball in the middle of his mask. So somebody was shooting Aaron Rodgers in the middle of the eyes. And, guys, I need to know who did it. So uh, my my spies, my little detectives, please tell me, who the hell shot Aaron Rodgers, and why the hell are they shooting his head? I'll go first. Um, I, you know, I think my one of my first guesses was Kaiser, uh, because you know, backup quarterback, he wants that job. Um, I quickly, <laughs> I quickly nix that because uh, I because if you're because Kaiser played a little bit week one last year against the Bears. And Khalil Mack like <laughs> murdered his face, and I don't think he wants there's that action again. Not this early. as well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things happen. Things terrible things happen, and that and they're doing that again in Chicago this week. And I don't think Kaiser wants that action week one in Chicago. The same thing that happened last year. So I'm ruling Kaiser out. I'm going. I mean, I think. I mean, I think the only answer it's it's Matt Lafleur. It's clearly Matt Lafleur because listen, Rogers like I don't I don't like audibles. I think Matt Lafleur is dumb. I think his system's dumb. Like all the stuff that he said that he clearly said when he was saying something else that he meant, and Lafleur was like, "Fine, this jackass. He thinks he's better than me. I'm the hot shot coach. I'm gonna shoot him in the face, and I'll show him what's what. I'll tell him it's my system, not your audibles, jackass." And then he shot him in the face, but he didn't tell him he shot him in the face. It was like afterwards he kind of gave him a little nod just so he knew it was him. Just so he knew. And he was sitting in that cart, right? Gave him a nod to establish his dominance. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, just so he knows that I know that that he knows. Uh, It was like a little like, I'm the alpha. Well, and he's sitting in that cart and they're like all laughing and stuff. There's that shot of them in the cart and he's like, hi, and they're laughing. LaFleur like paid someone, like friggin' the guy who played Hodor, right? And he's like on his back with a paintball gun, just traipsed into the forest with paint on his face. And he's like, I'll show, I'll show this guy. This guy thinks he's better than me. He's not better than me. I'm better than him. So it's guys, it's, it's Malifor. Oh, I can totally see it. And he, he was messing with everybody so much 
that he actually like got out of the cart and snuck around and it was like a it was like a close attack. It was like point blank where he just yeah. all of a sudden pulled right around and Aaron Rodgers is like, Oh my god, boom. I mean, Steve, listen, god. listen, I don't wanna I don't god. wanna say anything that's not true. I don't wanna speculate on anything. Well, this what I'm saying is what I'm saying is clearly truth. This makes so much sense. Matt LaFleur never tore his ACL. <laughs> he was faking it just to sneak up on Rodgers. Because he really tore his Achilles. He never tore his Achilles. <laughs> he never he never tore any of his muscles. He never tore any of them. Because he's been waiting for this moment. He's been faking it just to shoot Aaron Rodgers in the face. Just to shoot him in the face. But I still think the Hodor thing makes sense. Sarah for the win. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. So basically, your theory is that uh, Lafleur went all Kaiser Soze. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I mean, either, I either that, that. I mean, or either that or paid a man to ride on his back. Either way, it was Lafleur. I don't know. I don't care how he did it. It's either that way. doesn't sound good. So we'll go with the Kaiser Soze aspect of it. Either way. There, okay. Either now, way. now we need to dive in. Sarah, do you know who Kaiser Soze is? That's a good question. Oh, God. No. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know what to do, Steve. I don't know what to can, do. Can we just cut her out? I mean, like, I feel like it almost needs We to be can, done. but I feel like if Sarah's not here, me and you will just we'll kill each other within two Oh, yeah, weeks. it's bickering. It's bickering nonstop. Yeah. However, I do have to do a, a funny story. So most people listening to this podcast will now know that what I just referred to is the usual suspects, the movie. And so one of the first dates I ever had with my wife was we, we, had, we were watching some movies and stuff. Uh, we were living in Korea at the time. We were both teaching English. And I wanted her to watch The Usual Suspects because it's one of my favorite movies. Okay. She fell asleep in the middle of it. And so <laughs> I knew she fell asleep. I was watching her. Like, I saw that she fell asleep. So at the end of the movie, she kind of like... <sighs> perked up and was like, oh, that was a really good movie. <laughs> and I looked at her and I'm like, oh, okay. Who's Kaiser Soze? And she looks at me and she just goes, he doesn't exist. And I was like, that's a good guess. Oh my yeah, God. That's great. Like she was so committed to it that she just lied through her teeth through the whole damn thing because we were so early on that she didn't want to disappoint. Like, okay. That's amazing. Now, that's Sarah, you props. officially have homework. You have to go watch the movie, The Usual Suspects. Eh, just okay. read about it on Wikipedia and watch some highlights. That's fun. What the hell? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> great movie. She needs to watch it. That's fine, Steve. That's fine. Ugh. You suck. That's fine. That's also fine. <laughs> so are you agreeing, Steve, with Dusty about who shot Eric? Oh, no, no, no. I have my own theory. You just need to fill us in on your theory. Okay, my theory is simple. Dusty got complicated and had a mm. whole big theory of who he thought did it. Shocking! The the movie, the uh, murder <laughs> mystery man, is has a complicated it's theory not, on who shot it. It's not who I think did it, Sarah. It's who I know did it. That's what you're. Okay, that's what well, you're missing. I know who did it. Okay, so one of us has to be wrong, and I think my answer is correct. The correct answer is that Greg Jennings was hiding <laughs> <laughs> at the paintball facility, and he did it. This is the simple answer. Yeah. Did not need to think too much into it. <laughs> Who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers? Greg Jennings. Who tried to publicly multiple times humiliate him, and it, he failed every time. Everyone was like, shut up. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. 
But now he's laying low. Haven't heard about him since the whole incident with when he was at the Bucks game and Aaron Rodgers was at the Bucks. Mm. Game. He's been quiet, so he's like, you know, I gotta get my dig in there somehow. I'm gonna lay low. I'm gonna show up at this team bonding event. Boom. He did it. He's the culprit. I like it. Are you like saying it. Greg Jennings has literally been laying in the grass at that paintball <laughs> course for weeks now? He knew. He he got an insider tip that the same insider tip that comes out that says Rogers is a bad leader in the locker room. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that same one told him and so he went and he went to the front desk at the paintball facility and was like yeah i used to play for the packers like i'm with the team and they were like oh okay yeah and then he went suited up and got rogers that's my theory that's i gotta hand it to you man i i think that's better i like i like my LaFleur theory i think yours is better the only i now need to go look at the picture because the only way that that theory makes sense to me is if he took all of his paintballs, and he wrote the number eighty-five on them. Yeah, in sharpie. So I need to go and look and see if there's a little bit of black in that yellow. To it was sure. also it was a yellow paintball, and mm-hmm. I kind of feel like Greg Jennings would have shot a purple paintball on purpose. You know, purple, I don't think he would have gone back. Purple, I don't think he would have gone back purple, green and gold, purple and that, yellow. That's the whole point. He's trying to lay low. He wants mm. you to think it was someone that's there, but it was him. If the next Greg Jennings interview is like, listen, man, I just don't think he's a good leader because he got shot in the face in paintball, then we'll know. Then we'll know for sure that it was Greg Jennings. All I'm, Which I'm... is coming tomorrow. Like by the time you listen to this podcast, <laughs> there will be an interview with Greg Jennings where he says that Roger's not a good leader because he got shot. In the face. Okay, speaking of. Fox Sports 1, I'm guessing. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, I mean, Fox Sports, Fox Sports 5, it's Greg Jennings. <laughs> speaking of people being fooled by like, funny things on social media and then reporting on it. I don't know if anyone saw this today, but if you didn't, please look it up. If you're an NBA fan, this is very important. There's this one parody account on Twitter. I forgot his name. I believe it is Barry. And he tweets just very dumb things about sports and they're mm. he's very interesting. Anyways, he tweeted this whole fake ESPN sources tell me that Chris Paul and James Harden with their whole um, – bickering issues that are going on right now he said that they got in a fight last year around this time because chris paul said that james harden had man boobs and that he got really upset about it and he like did like a fake tweet and was like espn sources tell us that like they got into a fight about their man boobs and he tweeted it like really early this morning and then skip bayless went on his show and said I saw an ESPN report this morning that they got into an argument over each other's man boobs and legitimately believed this fake tweet. Please go look if you have not seen this because the thread... We we can't really say Barry's last name. I don't even know what it is. Look at the story. You'll realize why I can't say it. Wait, is that the sports talk Barry, the guy who's like like a violent racist? Yes. Oh, cool. Who puts out all sorts of just random ass crap. Yes. And he tweeted the fake ESPN thing. And like I said, he's crazy. Absolutely. And then believed it and talked about it on television. I mean, what what part of this is shocking to you, Sarah? I don't know. He's a moron. (laughs) He's an absolute moron who doesn't. That's amazing. Okay, am I allowed to tell tell my theory about who shot Aaron Rodgers? We're we're running long, Steve. I don't don't know. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You guys are very 
fill in the blanks. Me and Sarah got ours very, very good. So I'm curious as you you've got. So you know, you guys you guys have, have told me who you guys think it is. As much as I hate to say it, I think it was Andy Herman. <laughs> to get Boyle in? Exactly. Ah, I thought I was going Kaiser. I didn't dig that no, deep, Steve. You gotta think deeper, man. I mean, oh, you know man. Andy's all around the team. He's always yeah. at the practices. He knows what's going on. So you know he probably had a, a heads up that they were gonna go do some paintballing. Do we know what Andy was doing during that time? I don't know what Andy was doing during that. Have an alibi. Well, you know, yeah. I, I leave that to you detectives, but I mean, this theory just completely makes sense to me because, you know, he he's always about boil season. He wants Tanya mm-hmm. in there. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't have shocked me if there was a ricochet off of it that hit Jimmy Graham at the same time. All of a sudden, Tanya's running as number one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that holds a little more water if Andy then frames um, Graham and Lewis for doing it. Like to really make sure that he gets in, because that's only because he's still got to take out Kaiser, which you know Andy's Andy's a planner. You're going too far. Andy's a planner. You ruined it. Like he's he's taking someone else out, right? No, no, you ruined it. No, I didn't. It was all about Boyle. It was all about getting Boyle in there. You know, once Boyle's in there, then time the the connection with Tanyan will immediately take it take apparent, and you know it's just the way it goes. But no, you just had to completely. Is, ruin it well, by is Boyle? People. This is my question, though. Is Boyle the number two? Is Boyle beating out Kaiser? I don't think so. Then you got to deal with Kaiser, which Andy will kneecap him. Like you know, Andy. <laughs> That's fine if it's Kaiser. Like Andy doesn't care. That's fine. Uh, honestly, he'll he'll just take like a, a BMX bike and take him out. I mean, it'll be during, during training camp. Like, oh my god, I don't know what happened. I just ran over to show Kaiser. <laughs> Just Andy on the front page of the journal, Sentinel just shrugging. <laughs> you know, Kaiser on the ground, blood everywhere, a BMX bike on top of him. I, I could totally see it happening. I, 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 He's paving the way for Boyle to be the number one, and I, I'm all about it. I mean, outside of the fact that I love Aaron Rodgers and I think that they need him to win the Super Bowl. But besides that part, take that aside. Like, that, it's fun. I like it. It's a, it's a solid theory, Steve. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you thought I would bring nothing to the table, Dusty. Ah, it's on me. You did. Uh, it's one time, and uh, we've been doing this for how long? We've been doing this, Steve. Long time. Couple of months, at least. Not a great ratio. <laughs> <laughs> All missed right, guys. You, well, you guys. I, it's been a lot of fun. I think we we've all enjoyed the uh, bringing the the dream team back together again. Uh, Dusty has brought the jackassery all the way to the top level, which we appreciate. And, I uh, promised. You did. You did. You promised and you delivered, and I think we all had a good time doing it. So we will be back next week. We will be – oh, there's some stuff. Uh, we actually have some off-season things that we're going to start talking about. So mm-hmm. um, we have some homework to do, guys. We do. Outside of Sarah watching The Usual Suspects, which next week we will do a – we're actually going to do a report. Okay. Well, it might have to be the next week because after next week, then I'm pretty much done with my class, so I'll have time. To you told us it. if you're if you get the 100 if you get the A grade from uh, this project that you don't have to take your final. Yes, but that's next Thursday that I present the project. Yeah, we got to we that's I, I'm going to give her, we'll give her a little leeway. We'll give her a couple weeks too. I'm willing, I'm willing to give her a couple weeks. It's like an hour and 45 minutes out of a week. You remember school? School sucks, Steve. You remember finals week? It's garbage. Yes, I remember school. Garbage. I got drunk all the time during finals week. 
And look at you now. Look Can at you and find us, you jerk. <laughs> I mean, I dropped out, so I got zero room to talk. Uh, there we go. Okay, so apparently two weeks for Sarah to do the usual suspects homework. But we will be talking some, uh, some off-season stuff. I believe it is um, talking about some of the Packers' opponents and some of their higher-grade uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff. We'll be breaking it all down through the Pack-A-Day podcast. So uh, keep tuning in. I know it's the off-season, but there's a lot of good stuff coming out every day from us. So, Dusty, Sarah, it's been a lot of fun. We will catch you guys next week. You want to say goodbye, or you're just going to be silent? Is that cool? Okay, cool. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. You guys, see, see, see I, guys I gave you guys a hand gesture, but nobody's watching. That's cool. Oh no, that my movie was finishing up. Oh, good God! <laughs> all the rage is all back. It's already back, Dusty. Like it's already back. I, but... <sighs> I was listening. I'm listening to you. My ears here. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm glad that we have like 70% of your attention. That's really, mm. really nice of you. And that, that's, that probably gen- that's probably generous. Probably yeah, generous. more than. Yeah, okay. Okay. Well, we will catch you guys next week. Make sure to follow Sarah at Sarah Kelleher 4. I don't care what Dusty does. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, add Dusty whatever. Say it. No, say, I can't. You don't know how to say it. It's fine. I do too know how That's to say fine. the last name. It's at Justin Eagley. <laughs> there at you Steve go. Burridge, at Packaday Podcast. Make sure to follow all of us. Uh, we love interacting with you guys. So f- please feel free to hit us up on Twitter. So um, we will catch you guys next week. And as always, go Pack Go. First and 10 for the 17 to San Francisco. Give Jones around the right end. Gets a block. Makes the turn. 10 to the 5. To the end zone. Second and two, six-yard line to Minnesota, tied at seven apiece. Graham tight end right side of the line, three receivers punch to the left, Rogers under center. It's motion to the right, here's the pitch, Jones around the left end. He's got Bakhtiari blocking in front, Jones makes the turn to the pylon, to the end zone, for the touchdown. Second and short, get Jones, big hole, right side, 20, 15, 10, to the end zone, touchdown! Takes the snap, delay, hands it off, Jones up the middle with a burst. There he is. 15, 10, 5, high stepping, hands out, touchdown. Packers aren't going anywhere today. They are here to play. 33-yard touchdown burst to match the number on the jersey of Aaron Jones. Oh, my goodness, what a play. Jimmy Graham wide to the right side. Three receivers bunched tight on the left. Aaron Jones on the left side of the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers in shotgun. And off Jones picks his way off the right side. Fights for the goal line. And did he get in? Yes, he did. Touchdown. Single back offense behind Aaron Rodgers. He ducks in under center. From the 29 of Green Bay, and here's the handoff up the middle. Big hole, straight ahead. Here's Aaron Jones off to the races, to the 20, to the 15, to the 10, down the left sideline, and he's out of bounds. Inside the 10 of the five-yard line of Miami. Aaron Jones with a first, 67 yards.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.